All right, so we're going to look at a, some subject matter today that you probably wouldn't get any anywhere else. So something special for today, or maybe not so much, depending on your your the way you look at it. Now, uh, as as Christians, as churchgoers, we're kind of salesmen in a way. We're trying to entice people to, to join us, to join our Christian lifestyle, to join our church, to come to, to fellowship with us, to, to do all these things. And when we do that, we tend to talk about all of the, the positive stuff. We talk about how good it makes us feel and the, the cool things that we do and these experiences and the amenities. And, and we have all of these things that are our are, are selling points. And, you know, that we do that in whatever we are trying to put upon someone else. If you go onto the car lot and you're looking at the high-performance sports car, the salesman's going to talk about how fast it goes zero to 60, how it's got oversized brakes for extra stopping power. But the one thing they're going to leave out is, is that it's going to cost you more on your insurance because it is a high-performance vehicle. They're going to leave out that you're going to have to pay a gas guzzler's tax because not only is it not fuel efficient, it's to the point that they're going to penalize you for its lack of fuel efficiency. And there's going to be a leaving out the impractical portions of it that it doesn't have a, a rear set of doors, that the back seat's small, and, and there's very little cargo space. They're going to highlight what it does well, the flashiness, the status, the performance. And we, like I said, we do that same thing when it comes to our church life. But it goes deeper than that. Because one thing we need to realize is, is that church is not the focus. So many times we put church as our focus of our Christianity. It becomes our image. Like in life, we often become associated with what we do, our profession. In reality, the focus should be on the individual. The profession that we do is an extension of who we are as a person. And that's the same thing when it comes to, to church. The church is a component of who we are as a person. The main focus is our relationship, our relationship with God. That's our main focus. Church is a component of that, something that stems from it. Now, I want to look at a few verses today, and I'm going to uh, read them off kind of quickly. I got them written out here. So I can jump forward. We got several of them that I want to talk about today and just to kind of set the mood for the theme. And the first one comes from Psalms 13 and 1. A Psalm of David. 
How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy faith from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And David still having problems. We move to Psalms 22 and 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And far from the words of my roaring. O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but they hearest not. And in the night season, I am not silent. Now let's hear from Job 30 and 20. I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. Thou art become cruel to me, and thy strong hand thou oppose thyself against me. Lamentations 3 and 8. Also when I cry and shout, he stuttereth out my prayer. And then finally from Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. For this thing... I besought that the Lord thrice, that I might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, we get the idea that Everything is going to be perfect when we commit to God. That all we have to do is to, to join up, join and be part of, and everything is going to come together. We have to remember that we are in a relationship with God. Now, we have all kinds of relationships here on, on earth. We have our relationship with our children. Now, have you ever had a blip in that relationship. Now, not meaning that you, you stop loving them, but let's think about when they're real little. Let's say they've decided to finger paint the walls with the contents of their diaper. At that moment, you may not have as much admiration for them as you did in the moments prior. You may not feel a sense of joy and happiness because you have to deal with this atrocious situation. We're growing up and the tables are turned. We have them issues with 
with parents because we sometimes as children don't understand the ramifications of what's being put down upon us as children. Why are these rules and regulations or these beliefs necessary for us? And it's something that we don't even learn until later in life that we see. It's like until we become parents and adults that, oh, well, that does make sense now. But these moments we have times when we have, have strife. We have our romantic relationships or our spousal relationships. And there's times that those can be the most grandest thing and the center of our universe. And then other times they can be so trying because it's oftentimes that the people that love us the most know how to push our buttons and know how to get at us the best. We have boss-employer relationships. And I know that for many of us, that has been strained more than once in our lifetime. And basically, any person, best friend, acquaintance, any person that we have any kind of relationship with, there is opportunity and more likely and most likely that if any time goes by, there is going to be times when that relationship becomes strained at certain points. But see, we don't get that. We're presented with this idea that everything is just hunky-dory. But God himself tells us that I don't tell you it's going to be easy. He says that. He tells us that. And not only is it not going to be easy, it's going to be even harder for you once you accept me because Satan's going to come against you. So those are just facts that we have to deal with right off the bat that we're in a world that's full of sin and then we're going to have Satan come against us and he's going to whisper all kinds of lies and things in our ears that make us have doubt and strife with God. And we hear, hear all of these, these things. We think about the, the popular pastor down in Texas. And he's always talking about hope and, and all of these grand things that can happen, but he leaves out how do we get there. And that's a problem. And then when, when subject matter comes up and we're faced with the hard questions, we want to avoid those because that doesn't fit everyone. And by addressing everything head on by what the Word says, it's going to alienate some people, because the word is only one size fits all when you're willing to absorb the word in its entirety. There are chapters, 
They are entire books. They are verses that teachers, pastors, preachers, reverends, whatever you want to say, are going to avoid in the Word of God. They're going to avoid it. They teach you in seminary to avoid certain subject matters. I told you a couple weeks ago, they say, hey, these are your, your, your outlines. You take these subject matters, you wash, repeat, you use. God tells us that we should use his book in the entirety to not take anything away from it, not to put anything else extra in. And if God made sure that this is what we got and this is what is here, Everything in here is important. But they want to avoid certain things. And that's not what we are to do. And I'm not going to avoid subjects. Because even though that you might want to avoid them in public doesn't mean that we are exempt from experiencing them. Now, I just read you several verses from several different places in the Bible that was orchestrated by different people. And they all shared something in common. They felt like God wasn't hearing them. God wasn't doing anything. God had forsaken them. Now let me ask you something. Have any of you felt like that? Do you feel like that God doesn't hear you? God doesn't care? God's not doing anything? And how does that make you feel? Just because that we love God, just because we want to be closer to Him, doesn't change the fact that we are in a relationship. And just like every relationship, sometimes it is strained. Do we deed, in fact, get mad at God? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you're going to have people that's going to stand up here and they're going to say that, oh, you shouldn't do that. That that's wrong. But why? We're in a relationship. And anytime that we feel that we are being wronged, it's going to cause us to be hurt. It's going to cause us to be strained. It's going to anger us. It never says anywhere that it's wrong to have emotions. These are normal human Situations. 
And even if we look at Jesus, we see Him in the, the Garden of Gethsemane when He's praying, Lord, if there's any other way and He's sweating blood, that man is stressed. He is stressed beyond compare. We saw Jesus get angry. We saw him go into the temple and start throwing things around. We seen him sad. We seen him cry. Jesus wept. He had emotions too. So why would we be any different? God wants a relationship with us. And part of that relationship is going to be these times of ups and downs. And I can tell you that sometimes it can be very, very frustrating. Because we pray and we believe and we feel like we're doing everything on our end just like we need to do. And it seems like everything lines up just like it's supposed to do till that very end and then something goes away. It doesn't come through. The miracle doesn't happen. And then I like to I like to seek purpose. God has purpose in everything that happens, everything that he does. But sometimes we can't find that purpose. And we seek God and we ask Him, you know, what am I supposed to learn in all this? Why did it not take place? You know, I've racked my mind, I've looked at the Word, I've checked every single situation, and I can't understand why this would not happen for me. So what is the purpose? And then you hear crickets. God has no response. And then it puts us in a really delicate and dangerous situation. And that's the point of what we're going to talk about today is, is what can we do, what should we do. Because it's going to happen. You can not live this life without things coming against us. See, old Joel down there, he talks about, you know, the biggest thing that he had to deal with was is that he had to take over this multi-million dollar operation and, you know, he had to step up and had to do it. Well, it must be nice to have all that resources and stuff dropped in your lap. That's all I can say. And then they had to expand and there was all these problems with Expansion. But they came through. They were victorious. In life, we are not always victorious. 
Sometimes we fail. And sometimes it feels like that God has failed us. And it's hard. It's very hard, especially when you know that you know how things are supposed to work. You've studied the Word. You have a relationship with God. You know how things are supposed to work. He says his answers are yes and amen. Well, if your answers are yes and amen, why do I have a no? And when you search for answers and you can't find them, when you ask God for answers and he doesn't answer, And then, good old Satan's going to take advantage of the opportunity. And he's going to whisper in your ear that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't love you, that God's not hearing you. And if you're not real careful, you'll believe it. So I guess at this point you're expecting me to to turn this conversation around and tell me how, how we're getting it wrong. Sorry. I don't have that answer. I wish I did. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes we don't have an answer. We don't have an answer. And it's during these times that we have to rely on our faith to know that no matter what the situation is, that God has still has it in his control and he is still doing what is in our best interest, even though it may not seem that way. Because we do not know what the future holds for us. We do not know how the course of events is affecting someone else. There's a lot of unknowns that we have no idea what is happening, but God does. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Absolutely not. It's hard to continue on in prayer, in worship. In faith, when the person that we are counting on the most feels like they're letting us down. When we're hurt, when we're mad, it's hard to just go on like nothing has happened. So what do we do? We may struggle in the praise. But we cannot give up. And in that moment, 
if we don't want to push forward for the faith, don't let Satan win. Because even though that we oftentimes can't always understand what God's got going on and our relationship might get a little strained due to the circumstances in our lives and how we feel about Him at that time, Satan does not change. His mission, his tactics, they're all the same. So even though we may not feel as close to God at a certain point, don't let Satan win. Use that as your motivation to hold the course until you can heal just a little bit. Now, I know this doesn't sound like a, a typical attack and a typical way that we would address life. But we are talking about life. We're talking about something that each and every one of us experience. And nobody tells us how to deal with it. And it's very pivotal. It's very pivotal. Because when these events happen, it is so easy to turn away. And it isolates you. So let's say that, for example, let's say that you're, you're praying for a, a loved one to get better. Praying for a loved one to get better, and you're doing everything that you need to do, and you're 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 believing it's going to happen, and then all of a sudden they take a turn for the worse and they die. This has been a scenario for many a people over the course of life, and they have a hard and bitter spot for God because they have taken, they believe that God has taken someone that they care deeply about away from them. They asked. For a miracle, they asked to have this come to pass, and he doesn't do it. And because of that, they have lost something great. And you can take this scenario and you can replace it with any combination that you want. Whatever the situation is, there's a situation you're asking God for it. God doesn't do it, and then you lose something. We've all experienced that in some way, shape, or form. And for some of us, that is a turning point and it's too much. So from that point, I give up. He let me down, I give up. And that is what we have to avoid. Because we have to alleviate that bitterness. You know, for a lot of things that happen to us in life, over time, it gets easier. Time passes and the, the hurt eases up a little bit, the pain eases up a little bit, the sadness, the anger, whatever it is, it kind of begins to dull. You 
You know, they tell us that if we're angry, we need to walk away and think about it and calm down and come back to it. And most of the times we do that, we come back with a, a better perspective and clearer thoughts and we can handle it in a lot better situation. And this is the same thing. What we want to do is, is not make rash choices, permanent choices about our relationship with God based on the heat of the moment. We have to rely on what we've experienced just far. And even though we're going through this rocky patch, there's been times that we've been through some great patches too, that we have seen the miracles manifest. We've seen the things doing and we have to cling to those. Can we be mad at God? Absolutely. Be mad at Him. Talk to Him. Tell Him how you feel. He says He wants to know the desires of our hearts. Well, sometimes our hearts are broken and we need that fixed. Let him know that we are struggling. Let him know that we don't understand and we need guidance. Because if we are doing these things, we are still communicating. We are still working on that relationship. He wants us to communicate with him. Some things about God are a mystery because we don't understand. His ways are not our ways. Our mind can't comprehend his magnificentness. And, but in a lot of ways, the relationship is what we already know. And we can talk it out. We can let our, our feelings be made known. He's going to hear us. He's going to listen. And then that healing can begin. I feel like this is important that we need to talk about this today because for many of us, we're taught, oh, everything's going to be perfect. And then when we get in a situation like this, if we don't realize that this is a normal part of life, a normal part of having a relationship with God, then we're just going to be stuck. And also, too, how are we supposed to, to help others? If we don't understand how it works. Because we're quick to not empathize with someone. And they have this devastating experience in their life. And so what do we do? We come up to them and 
we want to, to blame them. There's the, the story in the Word that they're, they're, they're talking about the guy who was, he was blind and deaf from birth. And they're asking, okay, well, where was the problem here? Who sinned? Was it him? Was it his parents? Always looking to point blame. And sometimes there's not blame. You know, I stand up here a lot of times and I'm always talking about how it's our fault. That if something's not going right, that we need to look at ourselves and see where we're missing something, where we're missing a connection. But there are times that no one's to blame. That we are doing everything that we need to do and still we're not receiving what we want to receive. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's God's fault either. Like I said, there's things we don't understand. The timing the place. There's other variables that we've never even dreamed of that's taking place. Then we we get these these things. Well, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, sometimes things don't work out. We have all these this positivity things, and sometimes. We just want something, somebody to relate to our feelings. You know, and I've said this before, that we have all these experiences that we, we go through, and sometimes it's because we need to be able to share that with others. That is our testimony, is our life and being able to share that with others. Well, everything doesn't have to be kittens and rainbows. Because life is not all kittens and rainbows. So is it okay to share that, yes, I have felt let down too. I have felt forsaken. Just like David, just like Paul, just like these other people we talked about today, it's part of that relationship with God. Then, then we talk about how oh, that we stayed the course. That even though that I didn't feel like it, even though that I struggled with it. I kept going to church. I kept praying. I kept talking to God. And things eventually got better. There's always something else on the horizon. And our response, our response will 
We can either be a beacon of light or we can be a cloud of of darkness. We've seen Job and he goes through all these things and everybody's telling him you should just curse God, curse God, curse God. And he never did. And we see that he struggled. We see that he questioned. We see that he felt all the feelings that we feel. But he didn't let it break him. Because God out of the equation, if we let it break us, Satan wins. So even though it might not be a victory for the kingdom, we don't want to turn it into a victory for Satan. How we respond. We do not have to feel good about the situation. We can be angry. We can be mad at God. We can argue with Him. We can be hurt. We can be sad. We can be all of these things. But the one thing we can't do is give up. We can't turn away. Because we only have two choices, light or dark. And if we turn away from the light, we're in the darkness. If we turn away from the light, we're in the darkness. I like to think about it like this, that when we're facing these struggles, that God on his worst day is better than Satan on his best day. So whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm being real and raw with you today. We're talking about human condition today. We're talking about the things that we deal with today. This ain't fluff and puff and make you feel good. This is reality. This is truth. We want to survive this world. We want to have the best kind of relationship we can with God. But to do that, we've got to face all the facts. And this is one of them. So feel, do, have these moments. But don't give up. And hopefully, in time, that God will reveal or you'll see why certain things didn't happen, didn't take place. And sometimes you may never know. You may never know the reason behind something. And we just have to rely on our faith that God has it in control. It's not easy. It is not easy. Well, you know, if it was easy, then everyone would do it. And they say the path is narrow. And the longer that I teach, 
the longer my relationship with God is, I can understand why that path is so narrow. But there is something more. And this life is temporary. When you talk about eternity, it's just a blip. And no matter what you're going through, there's someone that would love to be you. Because your situation is so much better than theirs. Don't lose the faith. 